Welcome to On The Rise Podcast with your hosts, Sam and Evan. Hello and welcome to On The Rise Podcast. My name is Sam Donsick alongside my co-host Evan Brown. Before we get started, On The Rise Podcast is now streaming on MidtownRadio.ca, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Uh, our topics for today's episode are uh, Curtis Granderson's retirement, Dusty Baker as the new head coach of the Houston Astros, uh, the sad death of Kobe Bryant, the new NBA All-Star Game format, our Super Bowl predictions, Tom Brady's cryptic Instagram messages, Thomas Hurdle's devastating injury, and the Battle of Alberta. Let's begin in the NBA it's a sad day. It's it's, it's been a sad, sad week. week. Kobe Bryant has passed away uh, this past Sunday uh, in a helicopter crash. Died at the age of forty-one. He was a five-time NBA champion, eighteen-time All-Star, fifteen All NBA teams. Some mostly were eleven were first All NBA teams, and there was a couple second and third. But the accolades are just the tip of the iceberg and what he meant for the league, what he meant for the community of LA. This is just a sad, sad week. What are your thoughts on? And the league has done a tremendous job with the tributes. Oh, yeah. You got to commend the league for The league has done. done an excellent job. What are your thoughts in regards to... Now, this is this was up for debate as well. There was a lot of petitions going on. Should the NBA change its logo to the to, uh, honor Kobe Bryant in more... Like, in towards yeah, Kobe like, Bryant's shot? Like, I, I, think, I think, yes, they should change it. There's been a number of million... Like, there was, like, two or three... Like, there was a petition going on. It was, like, they needed three million signatures. They were very close to getting the three million... They might have gotten it. It was like two point seven million. Yeah, they somewhere were at around there. The other day, but I do think that it's a consideration to change the NBA logo. Uh, but first, really, what are your thoughts on the death of Kobe? Like, it's it's, 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 it's definitely sad. a tra- it's definitely a tragedy. I mean, he meant so much to the game of basketball. He meant so many. Like, you could even see the effects of it, like him uh, outside of the game of basketball, other sports, and the community. What he's done for women's basketball, especially what he's done for his family, and it's really just incredible to see the effect he's had on so many different people's lives. And he was an incredible player off the court uh a credible person off the court as well as on the court uh truly truly a like generational incredible player and it's yeah it's just been a tragic week for the nba and uh, there's there's been so many tributes of course the lakers really the lakers and clippers game uh the yeah, the Lakers and Clippers, Lakers and Clippers game was postponed, postponed this from this yeah. week, so they still haven't. Which makes game, sense. Which makes sense, obviously, yeah. and the Lakers did postpone it. Which and is a just huge seeing thing. like the reactions of people, especially um, the one of Shaq there, I could not watch that video for the life of me for a couple days because I was just like, I need to digest this, and I yeah. can't. Cause like I know it's, that like, video was. Oh, it was I heard so the news. Touching, I heard the news so on bad. Sunday. I was at work and I just couldn't believe it. Like I was like, I was oh, yeah. in shock. Like I was like, this this can't be true. Like everybody needs to thought, pinch me. Everybody thought it was fake at first. Yeah, like, the first reports came out. Everybody thought it was fake and as soon as Woj tweeted it everybody knew everyone it knew was it was something. it was one of those bombs it was it's a bomb that they didn't want to receive no really. it wasn't it wasn't something we wanted Woj to ever tweet but no but I guess it was it, it had to be way, put out like, there yeah Either way, um, I think what the NBA community has done uh, has uh, been really good. They've done a lot of uh, charity work as well as a lot of promotional stuff. And they've really done a good job of trying to keep people's spirits up as well as remembering his life and his legacy and truly immortalizing him as one of the legends. Of the and game. I think and I think that begins with a number of players of switching off of the low, their numbers yeah, to, to different, different been, numbers yeah. to uh, honor Kobe Bryant as well. Norman Powell among those who is going to switch to Spencer Dinwiddie. I believe Jaleel Okafor was another player as yeah. well. 
yeah, there's a bunch of other switching players. Numbers. Some, some players might be switching on to his number, such as Paul George, depending on... It's really interesting to see the different effect Kobe has on people because some yeah. people are like, okay, out of respect, I'll take away his number, even though he's the one that inspired me. But some people are like, I want to switch to his number to honor him. Or like uh, Kyrie Irving sat out a game, uh, a couple other players. I think Jason Tatum was one of them who sat out a game. And yeah. Giannis deleted his Instagram and his, uh, and his social media because he didn't want to see all the news. He didn't want to believe it. No, he but, didn't. And, and, yeah. and it's interesting because other players are like, okay, he would want us to play and they he would want us to wear his number, represent him, and he yeah, would to want represent us to, the to keep his legacy to keep his legacy going to prove that even in the darkest times that like he lives on in us kind of thing. And, and there were so many stories that were shared with Co- about oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant that were just there's so, so many incredible performances. Only incredible too, performances like, as well. The Raptors, uh, the, the, his 81 point game was aired on Sportsnet the other night. Yes, at, yeah, at 10:30 really after cool. the Raptors played the Cavs, that was insane. 81 points, of course, in a game. Yeah. And there was another interesting clip as well that I saw on Instagram. It was when it was a few years back. It was when Chris uh, Chris Rock was with David Spade at the oh, Lakers yes. game, <laughs> and they were sitting there, and Chris Rock cracking up jokes. One of the funniest comedians in the world. Yeah. And Kobe is Kobe is sitting there, straight face. Yeah. He's just, trying. He's trying to distract. I'm trying to get mama mentality. He's sweating. <laughs> Yeah. coming down his face and he's just totally pure focused like he yeah. he did not hear a word that was coming out of chris rock which is just insane that mob yeah. mentality of how much he meant how much he went for a player as a teammate as well you could hear Shaq like in tears as well like no, it was, hard, it was hard, to hard to watch it was hard to watch, it was hard to watch honestly i think i think what the nba community is doing has been really good and if you look at the petitions that there are going around to make him the logo is i think it's really a special thing and i agree with the fact that he should be the logo but the question is like is he going to be the logo for the for rep for the remaining like is it going to be forever see because because of the way the nba works and the way like jerry west is technically the logo but the nba has never really recognized him technically as the logo i don't think and no as well as the fact that like jerry west doesn't want to be on the logo anymore he's yeah. already said uh publicly many times that he doesn't want to be the logo he thinks it should be updated and yeah it would be hard for the nba i think to update their logo based off of how much merch they're producing and all that stuff oh there'd be so um, much stuff that would like but in that but sense though i think ha- that it, the it's, nba it's, it's the right thing to do it's the yeah, right thing it's to the do. right thing to do because he is an icon for the game and when you think of basketball think of three players you think jordan you think lebron and you think kobe yeah and those, like, those three players what, are, the, are, the, are the face of the nba in my yes mind. and you see what they do off the court as well as on the court and they really mean a lot to uh the the world like like much more outside of basketball and you yeah. see the effect they have on everybody i there. was i was watching the clip it was on i believe it was on monday or tuesday it was when neymar scored a goal he went up to the camera put a 2-4 up for yeah. kobe it's like a, it's affecting every sport in the there's world there's been so many play, so like much. so much like in venezuela there's been a number of mural i think it was venezuela or some international country it was not maybe not venezuela i can't remember the country but it was like an international country and there was a massive mural painted because the amount of basketball yes, support yeah, that was in yeah. like in that other country and it was just insane the amount of yeah. the amount of support that was there the players tweeting out and like offering it's the support. To see the vanessa bryant uh, put out a statement yesterday the other day yes, well her first yes. statement the lakers released a statement and of course the clippers uh they they usually cover they usually do they cover uh, the, the Lakers, the Lakers, Lakers retired because the Lakers, because obviously, obviously, obviously. but them, this but. the other night they left them open obviously and they uh, uncovered them for just just they only showed the two Lakers jerseys no nope. yeah just the two like they covered every other player. Just the two jerseys, which, which is smart in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's the right gotta, thing to you do. You gotta respect it. Yeah, and gotta respect. Yeah, it's just like I think that just yeah, like I think he should be made the logo personally just because of what he does for the game and like the effect he's had on everybody outside of the NBA and like when you think of the NBA, you really do think Kobe Bryant and the effect he's had. But what I thought was interesting was nobody's really talked about it, but in my opinion, I would like to see the NBA possibly implement a sort of Kobe Bryant type of award. 
Yeah. Like, cause the, like you some see, type of citizen, like some type of citizen, like almost like an award that does where he's an excellent player on and off the court. You see, you see like the MLB and NHL both have awards. And where, the NFL would be the Walter Payton, the, the Walter the, Payton man yeah, of the year. The NFL where they have like, uh, the end of the end of the season, every team puts forth a nominee and they, they like to rec- recognize their, uh, use off the field as well as on the field and how they helped think- out the community or given back and helped out charities and how they've done so much for that. And I feel like Kobe Bryant because of what he did for the game of basketball. That'd be the perfect award to name after him because he needs to be it's, recognized. I would say team. you'd name it the Kobe Bryant Man of the Year award just like the Walter Payton Man of the Year yeah, award. Each team exactly. submits one uh one like a candidate each year yeah. and then at the NBA all the NBA awards each uh one winner is announced uh yeah. during the NBA awards. Somebody who's given back Some to the close, community and I think someone who's yeah who's donated and spent and time with charity he, and who's another player on off the court as well. Like and I think a good player the first player the you see that if that award actually becomes a thing i think the first player you see get that award is lebron because LeBron of James, what he's yeah. done for the basketball community and what he's done outside what of he's basketball. done for cleveland i promise school which is a huge yeah, that's thing as, that's as yeah huge that's as well. that was a big thing so you could say lebron james would be the first recipient of the kobe bryant man of the year award i think that could be a consideration and yes yeah. immediate, i think it'd be a strong strong possibility that they would create that award. i've been surprised i've been surprised though because i haven't heard that much in the media talk about like such an idea and it i could, think that it would could be, be an idea that would be interesting Alrighty, moving on to some other news. Of course, the NBA released a new NBA All-Star format. So this format would be uh, each quarter, the first three quarters, are played as a minigame. The score gets reset every time. Now, at the end of that third quarter, the total accumulated score of the team that uh, that is winning, so whatever like the team that is winning, that number, uh, 24 points is added on to that, and that team that is leading has to score to that mark. Let's say, I think there was an example, and T- Tim and Sid did this uh, the other day, because uh, Sid Sixera was having some trouble understanding it. So I think Faisal, he he helped through him do the math and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. The example was, let's say they're at 88 to like 80, and there was like 112 was the final score, and it was like, they had to score, it was like 88, 82. Well, I think the, was, the example the NBA put out was like, yeah. say it's 105 for Team Yon, uh, it's 100 for Team Giannis to 85 for Team LeBron, yeah. for example. So the target's score would be set at 124 yeah and both teams it's a race for that like no clock no whatever just a race to see who can get to 124 first the team that's losing would have a disadvantage yeah but they would also have to get to that mark first because they've been losing yeah but also they know what they have to shoot for and there's and there's no time and there's no no it's just who gets to that mark first what are your thoughts on this new uh format I think it's a good. I think it's a good tribute for one to the legacy of Kobe. I think that's like a special thing as well, like yeah, a nice nod 24. for the NBA. But I think as well, it's an interesting format that I like to see. I, I like to see the sort of like adjustments or changes that they can make to seem to almost make it more fun in a sense, where you have that time limit where there is prize, uh, like the team that scores the most each quarter gets a, uh, it's gets, a, bo- it's like, it's like, gets a bonus. To, each yeah. team is representing a charity, yeah. and whoever wins that quarter gets money for that charity. Whoever mm-hmm. wins the game gets money for that. There are like more money for. The charity and i think that's really what this all-star game should be about and it should be what a lot of all-star games are about and any 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 uh all-star pro bowl game anything like that each quarter should or each quarter inning whatever half you want to consider should be uh like or period as well where like at the end of the first period maybe like for like or the end of each quarter you know like to have the charity but even in the nhl is what the end of each period you'd have the money yeah. the team with the most goals because there's so many goals and so many points in an yeah. all-star game and i think whoever's that, winning that end of that inning or quarter the 
winning team gets the yeah. money donated and to I the think charity. It's really interesting for the NBA too as well because you see like uh, every year it's a really high scoring affair and nobody really plays much defense because there's nothing really to play for anymore. Yeah, last year it was like 178, 164 for Team LeBron. Exactly. And it was like, that's insane. So I think that like, and nobody really plays defense. And I mean, no, it's, fun no, to no watch because it's fun to watch because there's a lot of really cool plays, but at the same time, it's not really... I'd like to see some defense in the game exactly. somewhat. I don't so see. what this does is that the fact that it puts like a bit of, a bit, a bit at stake there where it's like, they're still not going to try their hardest, obviously, but it's still going to be the fact that, oh, we want to play for our charity. We want to give money back to the community. And that's what people are going to want to do. And they're going to want to compete as well as like make sure they're not injured they're not going to push themselves too hard but they're still going to compete a little bit in the sense that they want to win for their own charity and i think the benefit here is that no matter what happens obviously there will be money going to charity and i think that's really the important part but as well it'll give like a sort of competitiveness to the game because people will be wanting to push for their charities to win i think because it's not for personal gain but it's for helping back and giving to the community i think I like the uh, the new uh, the new uh, format. I personally like it's an excellent tribute from the league. The little nod for the plus twenty four. But I do consider this to be down the road. Not I know this was made like this was made especially for this year for the Kobe Bryant tribute. Yeah. But I think down the road they can continue to have this tribute because I do like it where you have the score reset at, at the end of each quarter, almost like restarting the game and yeah. starting from square one. And yeah. then you even if you get blown out in the first quarter, there's still the second quarter and there's still yeah, the third exactly. quarter, and you can play better and better. And I do like it as well. I do really like the yeah. format. I do think. The, the fact that you have the charity aspect of it as well, it's a big thing. And I think that other leagues as well could consider that, could yeah, consider for the sure, move. For sure. Uh, any, you know, like to honor any other former players that may have passed exactly, as well. Depending on what goes Depending on, on what the league yeah. is, there's been some other players as well that have passed on, that yeah. have passed away. Um, so I do, I do like the format from the NBA. And I do consider it to be um, a possibility in the future for them to have it. Already, that wraps up our NBA discussion regarding the death of the sad death of Kobe Bryant, who died at 41, and the NBA All Star new format. Already now, moving on over into the NFL, of course, the Super Bowl 54 coming up this Sunday: the Chiefs versus 49ers. A very highly anticipated matchup between one, an excellent 49ers defense, and a high-scoring Chiefs offense. Who do you have in this game and why? What are your predictions? What what are your what we is your we prediction? Talking, we were talking about this before the show a little bit because this is this is going to be a very interesting Super Bowl because it really is a battle of a really top defense in the 49ers defense versus a top Chiefs offense and a high a quick a quick fire offense. Like they can score quickly and I think that's where you have to consider the 49 like that's where you have to consider the worthiness of Patrick Holmes and the dangerousness that he brings to the game. Yeah. And I just want to get your thoughts on that. I think I'm personally going with the Chiefs. I know there was a bunch of reports going out there. I think Madden even predicted that the Chiefs the were going to win The Chiefs are favorites, actually. They're betting favorites. I think, I think they are the betting, betting favorites just slightly. But I am going with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I have really liked the play of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes so far, as well as Damian Williams, uh, Damian Williams as well as some others there. And I think they're going to surprise the 49ers defense a little bit. I know the 49ers defense is very, very good. But I want to see if the Chiefs can maybe surprise the 49ers a bit on offense and I and I know it's going to take like a very strong defensive performance from the Chiefs to stop the 49ers uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo but I do think that the Chiefs will take this one and honestly MVP wise I think it's either going to be Mahomes or Kelsey I think it's I think Kelsey I'm, I'm going to go with Kelsey on this one I'm going to go Kelsey is going to shine in this Super you, Bowl I'm going to disagree with you I think the 49ers is going to win this game. One, one side, one reason, or like there's a couple of reasons. One, <laughs> that 49ers defense is impenetrable and like in hard to stop. That yep. that defense is hard to stop. 
Yes, you do have a quicksand, but there's a reason why the saying goes, defense wins championships. I don't yep. care how many points Patrick Mahomes puts up. And I can understand they can put up as much as one, but that 49ers defense is going to be a wall. And I do believe that Richard Sherman is going to have a huge, if he has a big game as well against those top level receivers, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill and of course Travis Kelce as well, who are going to have a big matchup, pro like you're going to have probably big games as well. But I do think the 49ers are going to win this game based on solely their defense, the play of Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Kyle Shanahan as well, being in the Super Bowl before. Yes, I know he blew up whatever 25 point lead but that was a young <laughs> kyle shannon this is a different kyle shannon he's got some and of course robert salah as well the defensive coordinator for the 49ers this is going to be a huge aspect of why they win this game i do have the 49ers winning what is your score prediction though like i know it's hard to pick the score but what is your score prediction i am because you, you you're having the chiefs win the game what is your final score i'm having the chiefs win the game but i think it's going to be a, a it's going to be a very defense heavy super bowl for sure I think that it's not going to be as exciting if you're a offensive-minded fan where you want to see a lot of touchdowns the, put the up. Chiefs defense, the Chiefs defense is good, but I think that the run defense is where they find their weakness. Now, yeah, they, they have they, they, my they've, thing is, they've stepped up as of recent. They have, they've played really well as of recent. They shut down Derrick Henry, so I'm not saying it's totally bad, but you have a different weapon in uh, CJ Mo Like, you have a... Uh, Mozart, the running back, Mo the, Raheem Mostert, yeah, yeah. Raheem Mostert as well, is a definitely a different weapon. Than I, 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 I don't, I'm not convinced entirely with the 49ers offense and Jimmy Garoppolo. So, but I think that I don't know. I know that's that's. I know you don't agree with that, but I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced. I'm not fully convinced. Well, no. But, but, what I'm saying is that the defense is going to win him that game. Like I'm trusting yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, but there's a reason why he only passed the ball eight times in the NFC Championship game. That's why yeah, they ran the ball, yeah. and, that's, and that defense stepped up huge. They forced but to turnovers. Fair, Raheem Mostert kind of came out of nowhere in that game. No, no, he, really put up he, some he numbers. He had a huge like, game. That's what <laughs> I mean. Like there was like Raheem Mostert played well, but overall that defense was the one. Raheem Mostert and the defense were the one that lead them to the uh, uh, forty to the Super Bowl. And I think there was a funny, there was there was a funny there was a, some funny uh, Instagram pictures going around with Patrick, or no with um. Jimmy Garoppolo, where it was like basically like, oh, it's like whenever it's a class project and uh, and everyone else oh, does all yeah. the work. He and takes he takes and credit, he takes for, credit for, for handing it, off the ball. for handing off the ball. Basically, yeah. I think personally, it's going to be a very low scoring affair between these two teams. I'm honestly going to go with Chiefs over the 49ers. I'm going to go 24 to. 19. That's a that is a low scoring game. I think it's gonna I be a low scoring Super Bowl. I think year. it's gonna be. I know it's hard to tell because I want to back on my pick that I know that the 49ers defense is gonna be stiff, but I do think that Patrick Mahomes is gonna find the end zone a few times. Uh, so I do think it's gonna be. I'm gonna so go 30 31 24 49ers. 31 24 49ers. Okay, you think they're gonna win by a touchdown? Okay. I think they're gonna win by a touchdown. It's, it's okay. gonna be a close game because these are two really good teams. It's in Miami. It's a beautiful site for the Super Bowl 54 at Hard Rock Stadium. Here's an interesting thought. Do you think this game goes into some form of overtime? And like, because these two teams are very close in stature. Do you think this is decided in overtime? No, I, th think I think the 49ers defense is. It's gonna be Patrick Holmes is gonna. It depends on who get, who gets the ball last. And who has the ball? Let's that's say let's say true. the 49ers are up 31-24. The Chiefs are driving. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, the Chiefs it's, are it's, driving. It's going to be close. It's no going to be close. What. The 49ers defense are going to have to step up because defense wins championships. I think, I think in that sense, though, I think you see the clutchness of Patrick Mahomes come out. Do you, I think, do you see Patrick Mahomes beat, finally get past 
one more time that uh, 49ers defense to get, deliver a game-winning touchdown. I don't I see could, it. Per- I could see it. I don't I see, see it. it. I think the 49ers defense is going to step up. There was a lot of veteran players on that 49ers defense, Richard Sherman being one of them, who's been in the Super Bowl, who's been in big games, who delivers at the right moment. And I consider him being making a big play in the in that fourth quarter. I do consider him making a big play in that fourth quarter. Alrighty, moving on to some other news. Tom Brady recently put out a cryptic Instagram photo with no caption. It was him. It was a black and white photo. It was a silhouette of him walking or walking out of Gillette Stadium. We don't know. And apparently it was in the way section as well. It was in, yeah, there's been a lot of debate over. I didn't know that. I didn't know because I'm not really much of a Tom Brady follower fan. We don't. Um, we have never been to Gillette Stadium. Yeah, we don't we, know. We don't understand that, like but. the way <laughs> thing. But I guess they know. So apparently he was walking in or walking out. We, we've looked at the photo. And I think he's walking out because you can see his left foot, the way that it's angled is almost like it's angled up, like he's kicking his foot up and he's going into walking motion. Some say he's walking into it with his right foot kicked up. It's so hard to tell. What are your thoughts? Is he walking in or walking out of New England? I thought, first of all, that this was a very smart play by Tom Brady because you look at just how the media reacts to everything these days. Media, We're covering it right now. (laughs) Exactly. We're covering it right now. Media just eats this sort of stuff up. And this is exactly what Tom Brady... I feel like Tom Brady is just like laughing behind the scenes right now because he can tell that people are going to be talking about this for a while. People are going to be analyzing it, but he's the only one that's going to know the true answer of what... Or the person who took the photo as well. Exactly. Who's the the person that took the photo? We don't even know who that was. Because it could have been like his wife or it could have been his But either way, they're not going to come out and say what the whole answer is oh, there's yeah, no that, way that's, until yeah, until that happens uh, tom brady just like finds that person says yeah <laughs> exactly. you're done you're done there's no there's no way anybody's revealing this until tom brady is revealing his decision himself he's going to be the one to release it uh no matter what happens and i think that this was just his way of telling people that okay like you can go have fun go have fun you go, can go you can speculate all you want but the real answer is you have no idea what's going no on no one no one has an background. idea every every analyst is making their prediction including us as well we're kind of sitting yeah. through and we're kind of picking okay where would be some considerable landing spots for him and what would be a possible option for him yeah. but no one really knows no one knows no one can say for sure i believe it was not i believe it was joe montana or one of the uh 49ers former uh quarterback he sat down with Tom Brady and told him to stay in New England. He said he just said stay in New England, stay with the. Pack. That's the thing Patriots. too is like everybody has their own opinion. Everybody is like, oh, go win a championship somewhere else, or go influence some other teams. I'd be like, no, stay where you are. I, just if I was Tom Brady, if I was Tom Brady, like I'm not Tom Brady, but if I if I was, I wish. <laughs> if I was, I would stay in New England. I'd stay there one more year, two more years, maybe. And just play out your career in New England. It's where you were. It's where you. It's where you won all your championships. Where you had your success. It just doesn't feel right for you to leave for like a year or two, and then maybe because what like what happens if this? What if what if he goes play uh, goes play go play somewhere else and doesn't perform very well, and then kind of ends his career somewhere else, and everyone's like, well, okay, he's still gonna be a Hall of Famer, but it doesn't feel as right. It wouldn't feel right for him to end his career in somewhere else, not having success. I'd rather him burn and crash in new england for the last two years even i'd rather burn and crash in new england and his career then rather than in san diego or um or la actually tampa bay has been in conversation as well the buccaneers but in my opinion if i'm tom brady which i wish i was he makes a ton of money but (laughs) if i'm tom brady i'm looking at this like okay I am in the latter half of my career. I've already made all the money I want. I don't want the teams to go into a bidding war for me. What I want is for my career. And if I'm looking at, we don't know what's obviously going behind behind uh, going on behind the scenes. We don't yeah. know. There's been some talk about is his relationship with Belichick is okay. Does he like the players he's playing with? We don't know all that. But if I'm Tom Brady and I'm saying okay, 
where do I want to spend my last years? Do I want to spend it with the team that I've been with my entire career? Or do I go and want to have some more outreach effect? Do I want to go and help out another team? Do I want to go and like have a bigger impact on the game? Because you've played with a lot of these guys for a while now and you could be, uh, you could have a huge impact on your own team. But if I'm Tom Brady and I'm going, okay, I want to continue my legacy on, you're going, you're finding a young quarterback. You're going to find a team with a young quarterback and you're going, okay, I'm going to go sign with them. They need a bit of veteran leadership. They need some championship mentality there. I'm going to go influence that quarterback. I'm going to show him the ropes. I am going to leave my mark on this game with another team. Because you've already left your mark with the Patriots, I think. Yeah. And you can't really do much more for him in his last season. No. But if I, if you, if Tom Brady wants to leave a bigger mark on the game, he I think he goes and proves he can A, win with another team. B, shows that he can influence and like influence a young team into winning, uh, into winning in, in the season i think the bigger thing i knew you mentioned saying winning with another team but you have to win without belichick that's what you have to go prove if you can that's win, another thing if you well. can win without belichick that just proves something because there's a lot of teams or well there's a lot of players that have said well belichick has helped his career a lot like he is that's he the has thing as well right? his like, career if, if there's it's a, a quarterback coach league it's a quarterback coach league if so there's if there's a difference between opinions behind the scenes say they're not getting along as well and tom brady is like okay i really don't need belichick to prove like that i can be good if he goes to another team and proves that he's good well yeah. then that ends the whole conversation there but if he goes to another team and then is like like dramatically falls off like he's gonna i think slow down a little bit anyways because of age but if he dramatically falls off because belichick isn't there and he's with an inexperienced coach then i think belichick gets a bit more praise than belichick gets more praise for what he's done but i consider as well you can't you're a veteran player you've played so many years in the league you should be able to how to handle with an inexperienced because yes one when when top when, well. when bill belichick first came into from the Cleveland Browns. He got fired from the Cleveland Browns. He got hired by New England. He was a fairly young coach. Yeah, fairly. Yes, he. Okay, one well, of the many coaches to be fired by the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, like fairly young. Like he was still older, but yeah. he wasn't like he wasn't like a Pete Carroll like sort of thing. No, like he's still now fairly young. He's in his fifties or sixties. But I do believe back then he was a young coach, and I think Tom Brady, being a young player, they worked well together for those uh, fifteen plus years that they were together, yeah. or twenty plus years. But if there is some like background like background disagreements then i it's can see brady leaving which, which, yeah. which is which, which was really interesting because tom i know bill belichick wanted to replace uh jimmy garoppolo with from with tom brady or wanted to replace tom brady with jimmy garoppolo this was yeah. a number of yeah. but robert Kraft said no i like tom brady and there was a reason yeah. why and that continued on to win a few more titles and so on and so on i think they yeah. won one more super bowl but still now now the patriots who are they going to do because what if tom brady a retires B leaves New England. They don't have a quarterback option because one, they did will really well this year, so they don't have a high draft pick to pick up a quarterback. Yes, they could consider drafting a quarterback, but do you have to? Then you have to trade for quarterback if Tom then Brady you have leaves to trade for something, because yeah. well, you don't have a backup quarterback because exactly. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win is going in the Super Bowl right now. He's exactly. playing in the Super Bowl right now, so you yeah. lost that one right there. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what Tom Brady I think does. I just love the play by him though, just posting that photo just to confuse everybody because yeah, it, it really was, shows was, that was, nobody knows what's going on yeah. in the media, and he's trying to put all the like media to rest, like stop talking about it because like the only real you could speculate all you want but he's the only one that really knows the true answer of what his decision is going to be Alrighty, that wraps up our nfl discussion regarding our super bowl predictions and tom brady's cryptic instagram photo 
Alrighty, moving now over to the MLB. Curtis Granderson has retired from the MLB. Curtis Granderson finished as a three-time All-Star, been to the World Series three times. The 2016 Robert Clemente, uh, Clement, or Robert Clement, Roberto Clemente, Roberto award. Clemente. I thought that that's the pronunciation award uh, play for on and off the field. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts here on his retirement? I thought he had a very good 16-year career. Obviously, uh, a very important player on and off the field has, has a long-lasting effect. He's been uh, very played with the Blue Jays as well. Yeah, he played for the uh, Tigers, Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, Jays, Brewers, and he finished with the Marlins and uh, uh, Derek Jeter there. But he had a he had a very good career. I thought uh, he uh, he was very effective in his time. Very uh, responsible outfielder and a very uh, good offensive player. Obviously led the league in triples for a couple of years. Very fast player in his prime, and he's very he's been very important uh, to a lot of teams. He was with the uh, Tigers in uh, twenty uh, two thousand six in the World Series. They didn't win then. Uh, same with the Mets and Dodgers in twenty fifteen and seventeen, but they. Uh, and they didn't win the World Series, but he's come close, and he's been very important to a lot well, of different teams. Due to the teams. Astros, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, you don't even get into that. Um, but like, there was a lot of effect um, he's had for his teams, but as well as off the field, he's done a lot of charity work, giving back to the communities he's been a part of, and he's been very gracious for uh, all the time he's spent in many different clubs because he has been a journeyman. He has played for a few different teams. Uh, he is 38 as well, but he has been like a very important player wherever he's gone. I know, like, he wasn't with the Blue Jays organization for long but for sure he had a very strong impact in the sense a veteran, that veteran role a ve he had a veteran role to the younger players as well yeah. to the younger players it was very important Stroman, for like who is Stroman at the time was very young back in 2015 and or like yeah like you look time. at you look at a lot of young players he had a very good influence on them and I feel like no matter where he went in his career he like made sure to give back to the community and he made sure to give back to the players and I think that's what's really helped he has a lot of different uh, I think it's yeah grand kids foundation uh, that he started and he He's done a lot for the players and the community of baseball and honestly he's he's a legend of the game and i remember like when i was younger uh especially was when uh when he was with the tigers and yankees he was a fearsome player and when he was in his prime he was a guy who i can like he was easily top one of the top offensive players pretty much every year and his defense and speed were incredible and i've yeah he's been a very important player to the game and it's sad to see him go and i think he could be in the hall of fame in the next yeah that, that, uh, that's next my next question years. was when is he is he going to be a first first or not first ballot but is he going to be uh, like in his eligible in his 10 years of eligibility obviously it's five years after he retires so now it's 2020 so 2025 is his first year of eligibility yeah do you see him going as the first year is it going to be a second or third year i feel like it's going to be a few years before he gets in i think yeah, it's going to be a few years it's like pro i'm going to predict maybe in 20 like let's see 2029 or 2030 around yeah. there like 10 I mean, years from now he 300, might like 344 home runs 937 rbis 2000 plus games very good for his career uh uh came fourth in uh, mvp voting uh in 2011 and uh when he uh, hit 41 home runs and had a 916 ops for the yankees really in his prime but i think that he could be a, not a first ballot but definitely a guy who i could see getting in just because he was such a good role player on and off the field and uh, i mean he's famous for his high socks and he's been uh, like an incredible player like a notable guy for wherever he's went and i think you could see him getting in like third or fourth year third or fourth year i'd say uh 
when he is eligible just because it'll take him a bit to accumulate a bit more votes but really what he's had impact wise on the game is going to be huge uh for the league going uh well what it was and going forward as well and i think he i could i i could see him going into some sort of coaching role in the next few years i would definitely agree curtis grant chris grandison over the among the number of years that he's played in the league of course the, all the, the accolades that you mentioned is the, the work that he's done on and off the field and the stats that you mentioned i do consider him to be a hall of famer it's going to take a number of years for him to do that i think it's going to be four or five years before he like of his into his eligibility before he gets in yeah and I do consider that I think the I think the biggest thing was that like taking away from his career is that he was a great leader on the team on all the teams that oh, he yes, played, especially sure. to the younger sure. players. And I do consider when he was on the Blue Jays, of course, with the younger players like Marcus Stroman and some other to few name other other players as well. I do think that he was a good leader for them and to provide veteran leadership. So I do think they consider to be a solid player and a, a, a Hall of Fame player in the few years. Mm. Uh, moving on to some other news, Dustin Baker has been hired as the new manager for the Astros. Uh, will we see the Astros change their ways and still be still be able to perform at a high level? Yeah, Dusty Baker, uh, one of the uh, many candidates that were up there for the Astros coming into this season, uh, or well, not coming into the season, but after all the scandals after and stuff like that, big scandal allegations. That there was a lot of stuff. different talks. I think it was reported a couple weeks ago that he was their top pick, and now obviously coming in now, and I mean. Obviously, with all the stuff that's been going behind the scenes with the sign stealing scandal and whatever, I think that he will be a very um, he's already come out and said that that won't happen on his watch. He's a very veteran coach and he's very he's a very strict kind of guy, uh, older guy for sure. But I think that uh, he is he will bring a very veteran presence to this younger Astros team. And I could see him having a big effect going forward on this organization, uh, especially after the what's kind of gone on behind the scenes. I, I would definitely agree. I think when you bring in a new manager, especially Dusty Baker, the veteran experience that he's had and like the veteran leadership that he's going to bring in and his heart, his old school coach, his cold school uh, style is going to definitely help them change their ways. And of course, the and I definitely think that like, like he said as well, he's not going to let things like this fly by from considering the other managers and other, uh, uh, yeah. the GM did as well, what they let under like the they just basically didn't report to anybody. Hey, you know, we're just going to do this yeah. and no one's going to hopefully he's, he's find been, out. He's been around the league for a while. He's 70 years old. He's been in the league for a long time coaching as well as uh, back when he was linked to guys like Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa around that area of like the steroid type thing. And he's really, um, he's definitely a veteran presence. And I think that kind of older style is what the need, what the Astros kind of need in a sense that they're almost getting too technologically advanced in their whole like science dealing and whatever. <laughs> but I think yeah. that'll kind of bring them back down to reality. And it'll be interesting to see how they perform the season uh, I, under I do, him. I do think that uh, it's going to take some time because, of course, with the, oh for sure, it's going to take some time when you ever bring in a new uh, new coach or any new uh, like uh, management style, a different management style. It takes time to adjust. We've seen it all across the league as well. But I do think they, I don't know if they're going to go back to the, going back to the World Series, but I do think they can have a, a continuous to have continuous success, and I do think that they will uh, be continue to be a top team in the MLB. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, this it's uh, the what in his press conference that they announced it's he did hint at the fact that this could be his like last last job obviously getting up there in age could be retiring after the season we don't really know it depends on how they do and i mean he's been in the league for so long and hasn't won a championship so i think it'd be interesting to see if he could get back there and if he can lead the astros to the promised land Alrighty, that wraps up our mlb discussion regarding the curtis grand retirement and dusty baker being hired as the new manager for the astros 
Alrighty, now moving over to our last topic of the day, the NHL. Thomas Hurdle has been hit with a nasty ACL and MCL. He's tore his ACL and MCL injury, uh, or his injury, big injury there. How does it affect the chart? How does it affect the Sharks? And moving forward, what are they going to do for the rest of the season now? It's going to be tough for the Sharks going forward. Thomas uh, Tomas Hurdle uh, had an incredible, uh, did well at the All-Star game. I thought uh, really funny uh, him uh, going in, putting on the Justin Bieber yeah. mask against Jordan <laughs> Biddington there. Yeah, very funny. I thought that was very funny and uh, added a nice touch to the All-Star game. But yeah. He's had a very good season so far, uh, 16 goals, uh, 36 points. Um, obviously, the first-time All-Star game, like I mentioned, and he's been doing really well, 26 years old. Uh, and, I mean, he's had a really good effect. I mean, the Sharks have had not a very good season so far, and I don't see how it's going to get much better after this. You're but losing one of the top players. Like It, he, it really sucks. He is really him, one of the right? top ta like, uh, top talent the league has seen in the past few years. I remember when he scored, I think it was one of his, he's what, seven goals in one game a couple of years ago, I believe. The, it was, in, it was, it was seven it was, goals in one game. No, no, uh, no, it wasn't. I think it was like three or four, but I can't remember. Like it was pretty sure it was a high number of goals, and he scored like a really. I can't remember exactly. I, I, you I'm might be thinking sure. seven points, but I maybe still, was, maybe I still it was don't seven think. points. It was maybe seven points, but he had like four goals and three assists. But it was it was a pretty high scoring game. So I do I think. It, yeah, I, I can't remember that exactly, but I mean this this injury will be very um, devastating for the Sharks for a Sharks team, especially that has not done so uh, done so well this season. And I think really the uh, only benefit that I could see for this injury uh, comes at the hands of the Ottawa Senators. Like the Senators are the only team that can benefit from this because they do own the Sharks pick for this year. And the worst uh, the worst the Sharks do, obviously, the Sens could have two top five picks in this upcoming draft, depending on how. Uh, well, the Sharks do, and obviously the Sens, bottom of the league uh, this year. Depending on how the lottery goes, they could have two top five picks this year because of the Sharks, and um, this is kind of like their own, one of the Senators' only bright spots, but you obviously never want to see a guy go down like this, and uh, uh, especially the Sharks don't want to see that because he has been uh, one of their top players this season. Top and, young players, a top young player in the and organization it can, the past year. MCL and an ACL, that is tough to come back that from. That is, definitely. And I think the question is what... And I think when you have these big injuries, you have to, as a team and as a staff, you have to take them very seriously. And I do oh, think yeah. that you have to take uh, the most time you can. Like, there's no rush to him. Oh, yeah. He's going to be at least gone a year and a bit. He's, he's gone not, for this year, for, for, for the rest of the season for sure. And I think you don't see him play until maybe late next season. Like I don't maybe think he comes after back the All-Star break. Maybe he's going to come back yeah. a full year from now. Because you take now, you take your time now, with this injury because these plus months at least. Excuse me, if you can't hear if you can't heal these injuries properly, these can have a very uh, long lasting effect on one's career. And I don't like they obviously don't want to see that with no. uh, Thomas, considering and how young he is. Exactly, he's twenty six and he's um pl he's playing really well. He's at the, he's in his prime right now, and I don't think they want to waste that. But at the same time, they don't want to see him come back and then re injure re aggravate it right away. So I think they're definitely going to take their time with him, and I definitely think that like the Sharks going forward will be strongly affected, but they will want to make sure that um, this tragic type of injury doesn't happen as often. And as, as well, that the fact that um, they make sure he gets back to full health and takes his time with it because they don't want to rush him. They're not trying to push for the playoffs right now. They're just trying to uh, climb a bit in the standings. And they're not going to be making the playoffs, I don't think. But I do think that uh, going forward, they will try to make sure that he uh, stays fully healthy and uh, he won't be coming back, at least until he is 100% ready to play because they don't want to have him re-aggravate this. They don't want to have the, like any sort of career uh, affecting injury in that sense. 
Definitely, I would definitely uh, agree with that. Alrighty, and some other news, of course, the Battle of Alberta is back. Uh, two things to cover, of course. Uh, the other night, they did play Giordano's hit on McDavid. There was a lot of discussion on this on Tim and Sid and some other sports shows as well. Now, we, we talked before the show. You disagreed with me. You thought it was a you thought it was a cleanish hit. What do you want to explain exactly what you meant by Yeah, so we were talking about it before the show. We were watching uh, we were watching the replays in slow motion and stuff like that. And you can kind of see like there is a bit of a neon knee between Giordano and McDavid. I think that it I can see how it could be considered a quote unquote dirty hit, but I think that a Giordano is not a dirty type player and no. I don't think that he had any intent behind the hit at all. And I don't think it is a dirty hit because Giordano is just stopping up. And I think that he doesn't purposefully try to stick out his leg from the replay from what I saw. Like he's obviously not trying to trip up McDavid. I think he just stopped kind of awkwardly, maybe lost a bit of an edge uh, and just kind of let it like his leg kind of slipped out a bit. And I think that's what McDavid was ha uh, was mad about. But in that sense, I don't think Giordano was trying to stick that leg out at him. I think he could have lost an edge or he, McDavid just ran into his leg. It could be as simple as that as that Giordano is, was is, stuffing up. But that is that is a good that is a good uh, case there. I'm going to disagree with you on a big notion. I think Giordano, not a dirty player. He he took up McDavid last year. He apologized for it, and you, we so it was on. It was like the documentary that played on SportsCenter the, the past weekend. It was last yeah. week, I believe. He Two apologized so, yeah. for it. He was very sad. He was very year, saddened yeah. by the injury as well. But I do not think that Giordano is a dirty, uh, dirty player. But I think in this instant, to it to a minor extent, he. I think there was no. You didn't say like you said. Maybe there was no intent, but I do think there was some major. What I, I think on the play that was, he was just trying to. I think he was trying to deliver a hit. I think more. But I think he, like, he was driving like more. He was trying to get more shoulder to shoulder, and he was trying to like just slow McDavid down because McDavid is a quick player. Yeah, on I, the play, I can see how he, on he, the he was play, definitely trying to slow him beat, down. He got beat by the uh, by the player by the faster McDavid, and he tried to slow him down. There was some minor knee on knee contact. The way that you first look at it, McDavid was furious. He was he broke his stick. He, oh, was, he was absolutely not happy furious. After the play. Sid six zero on Tim and Sid. Like I mean, he went off on it. Like he was on Giordano. He never now then again he was very careful with his comments. He never said Giordano was a dirty player or like dirty hit there. He just he thinks there was discipline. The question is that you you clearly disagree. You you don't think there should be any discipline? No penalty? No nothing? It was just a clear like, can, okay. minor contact. I can I can see how there could be a like a sort of a tripping penalty on the play or an interference. I don't think he should be disciplined though. No, I, McDavid walked away from this like he walked away from this play fine. It wasn't a big knee on knee hit. It wasn't McDavid uh, having another incident like last year. He's not hurt. He was perfectly fine on the bench. And I think that Giordano wasn't trying to in any sort of the in any sort of. Uh, way try to go knee on knee with McDavid and I don't think that he like he had any intent behind it and oh. I don't think that he will be disciplined for that I could have seen an interference penalty I on the play. I could see a penalty on the play like a minor two minute yeah, McDavid minute could penalty. be upset on that but I yeah. don't think he should be disciplined in any way for no. this because it obviously wasn't intentional and if, it was it, it wasn't was, even a proper yeah. hit like he didn't if get it was a, if it was a harder hit and we saw him go down and there was more spin in his body and there was some minor spin like the more you said, like the more you can see it, I think that they, then there would have been more of a consideration it was of, a like, soft of a hit discipline. In that sense. Like, it was it was a minor, very minor hit, I do think. But I, and I mind, I, I think there should only be a minor penalty on the play. I disagree with Sid Six Zero and some other players, some other things as well, saying that was a dirty. There was that the play, like that he should have been uh, disciplined more, maybe even a game suspension. That's what Sid said. I disagree with that. I think it should have been a minor penalty. That's it as well, maybe for interference or a slight like tripping penalty or yeah. slew footing, maybe even. Maybe yeah, even, okay, not really slew footing, but maybe not slew footing, but like a slight tripping or just a slight hit as well. 
And another thing, of course, in the well is that Brady, or not Brady Kitchen, Matthew Kachuk and Zach Cassian finally fought in the game. Zach yes, Cassian, that was, uh, that, this Matthew. really revitalized uh, the Edmonton versus Calgary rivalry because these two teams are battling right now for a playoff spot. And we've never seen the uh, Battle of Alberta quite like this uh, in the past couple of years. We've really been missing this because this is one of the most heated rivalry in sports, uh, in my opinion. And we've been waiting for it really to be revitalized because the Flames and Edmonton, I mean, the Flames always were the better team for a while there. Edmonton never really had anything going until they got McDavid. But even then, once they got they, McDavid, I think they, I think they, they I don't know. Strong, I think but. pretty sure they've won both games against uh, the Oilers. I'm pretty sure they won this past game, 4-3 in the shootout. And then I can't remember the other game that they won as well. It was 3, I think it was 3-1. or I they, think they did win that yeah, one Yeah, they won 3-1 as well or 2-1. But so. still, I like the fact that it's competitive and it's getting a lot more aggressive, which I mean, can be dangerous. There was a lot of interesting plays uh, during this. I watched the first half of it and there was, I saw the Cassian and Tuchuk fight. I saw a lot of different, uh, there was a lot of fights during that night. There was a lot of things going on because it is a, it's such a heated rivalry and they play again uh, Hockey Night in Canada this week and I feel like um, that's going to be a really interesting battle as well because uh, it, that's the biggest stage in, ho in hockey and that's going to be uh, a very interesting night in the sense that you have the Battle of Alberta between Edmonton and um, Calgary and then you also have the Battle of Ontario in uh, Ottawa and Toronto which I think is going to be I mean that's classic hockey night in Canada yeah, for definitely. you right there like a Battle of Alberta Battle of Ontario you want to see the uh, four Canadian teams really go Don't head to head it, yeah. uh, especially because there is such an old rivalry with that and I think that the Tichuk Cassian really revitalized this rivalry because these two teams hate each other now you can clearly tell it yeah they are not and pleased. Both teams are I think really good. After, after really the other night's game between, of course, the Giano Hitter McDavid and the Kachuk and Cassian fight, there's a lot of. I think Cassian and Kachuk, I think, have they've resolved their issues now. It's really yeah. hard to tell. Like, they both fought, and, like, Zach Cassian's like, yeah, he responded to, to the. Yeah, there was kind of like that. a respect after that fight. Like, they were talking even before the game. They didn't want to do it right away. Cassian wanted to make sure Tuchuk knew what he was doing getting into it. Because Cassian <laughs> is in a very inexperienced fighter, right? Tuchuk is still young in this league and still trying to make sure he knows what he's trying to get himself into. But I think that there was like a, was a certain respect level after the game but i still don't think that's gonna take away from how um how heated this rivalry is going to get in even the coming years but do you think though like after the fight though do you think like kachuk do you think kachuk earned cassian what do you think about the whole earning respect from cassian because do you think like cassian is a player what do you think about like the whole aspect of because i know exactly like oh he earned my respect or earned the respect after he decided to actually step up and fight and not just be like scared of me or not to turtle and stuff like that not to be what do you do you think th there's any aspect of there in regards to the whole respect thing and like what are your thoughts on that i think definitely to check his earn the respect of not only cassian but i think a lot of his t uh, teammates and the oilers players because they realize that he is like a guy who will fight his own battles he's uh he's an aggressive player but he will in the in those moments he will stand up for himself he's and not was, gonna he's just a, shy away and it was actually interesting because at the game there was a number of i think it was oiler it was oiler fans who were dressed up in turtle costumes and yes they had i like, did see that and they had like the whole turtle thing going on and then he yeah really, i did see that it was hilarious and it was really funny actually to see but speaking then, of, of course, people in the stands though there was um uh george peros uh the uh head of uh player NHL, safety. nhl player safety was at this game and there was and I a think few other head high up or higher up officials that were at the game because they were worried 
which was interesting. Uh, which was because... interesting because, of course, there was again now like this was a going back to the Giordano versus hit on McDavid. Some people thought, more especially six zero, thought that there was the right people at the game to have discipline, but we disagree. We think there should be no like there should be a yeah. there should be a minor penalty. That's it. Regardless I think the player back, safety will see that as like not not, not a thing, not a purpose. If, if it does happen again, maybe like if there's something like I don't think it's gonna happen again. I think it was oh, just yeah. a one time thing. The, in this. the player safety was at the game to make sure that nothing got out of hand and while thing like it was supposed to kind of intimidate the uh players into saying okay they'll be here so don't try anything dirty because they will immediately suspend you yeah they, you're they, gone like that's they, 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 can, they know what's going on 100 percent. they know the context they know everything but i think that it almost didn't dampen it because like the whole intimidation factor was there where they wanted to show like okay you guys it was it like, was a great hockey game by the way the, yes it was a very great hockey game and it was a very close hockey game but the league it was supposed to be kind of like the league sending a message like okay um it's almost like uh, just the the rule setters are here. Like they are going to be watching, and if you make one wrong move, then they're gonna make sure you get punished for it. And uh, it was supposed to be that intimidation factor, but it really didn't affect them that much because you look at um, just the game. It was a very um, heated game. There was a lot of fights. That like I think that was that game had like probably uh, the most fights. fights. There was two fights. There, there was, was two or three, there fights, was two or three yeah. fights, and I think that's the most fights we've seen in a game this season. To be fair, uh, but there was like a really like there was obviously the Chuck Cassian one, but there was also some interesting fights because we saw Ryan Nugent Hopkins yes, and yeah. uh, Sean Monahan yep. go at it, which was really interesting because those are not very big fighters. They are very big guys yeah they're not those goon type players which i thought was really interesting because that just shows the battle of alberta rivalry because these two teams hate each other right now and that goes to show like any dirty play will be you will get punished for that Uh, not by the league but by the other team they will come after you for that and i think that's why um player safety was at that game and i think it's why it's going to probably be at the game uh sunday night but um the only problem with that with player safety was there was a connecting this back to the Leafs real quick uh, was that player safety was at that game, obviously, but I don't know. It seemed like almost player safety was not paying attention to that to the other games in that sense, because there was a bit of a dirty play in the Leafs stars game the other night. The same same night. There was kind of a play where that uh, please indulge me. I did not see this. Uh, I think his name was Blake Komu. I think uh, had a very nasty hit on 19 uh, year old Rasmus Sandin of the Leafs where uh, there's a play behind the net and Komu comes in a stick to the back of the uh, back of the numbers and Sandin goes headfirst on the boards uh, CC came over to no penalty though on the play no penalty was called CC got a penalty for roughing after the play which I thought was huh. unprecedented because Komu I thought should have got a penalty but I don't know I think there was kind of like a almost a sense around the league like okay they're off paying attention to that maybe we can get away with some stuff because yeah, I know there was a couple other plays around the league. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting because there was no, no penalty called on the play. There was no sort of backup. Obviously Sandine was fine walking away from it, but anytime you see a player go head first on the boards, that is a dangerous play that can lead to concussions. That can lead to collarbone. That can lead to so many different injuries, Head injuries, neck injuries as well. Exactly. There's so many different things that could get injured in that sense. And when you have a dirty play like that, like that was, that didn't have any sort of discipline. There's no fine. There's no nothing. Cause they were so focused focused on that game in a sense and i don't think they really got the sense of what happened on that play already that wraps up our nhl discussion regarding thomas the thomas hurdle injury uh, and how it affects the sharks and the battle of alberta is back This has been episode 24 of On The Rise Podcast with your host, Sam and Evan. Be sure to check out our website, ontherisepodcast.ca and Instagram, at Rise Podcast. We'd like to give thanks to all Midtown Radio listeners. Make sure to tune in next week for more great sports content.